Smuggling has never been an easy business, and the smuggling of narcotics even less so. In fact, if you don't even know you're doing it, it can be decidedly unhealthy, as in Roger Service's story entitled, Let Sleeping Mules Fly. Well, buddy... It looks as though we're coming in for a landing. I think you're right. Not a moment too soon. Oh, I agree. Twelve hours in the air is enough. Yeah. Uh, Angelo, would that be Long Island down there? Huh? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. Turkey's a long way behind us now, huh? It certainly is. Well, being a diplomat, I suppose you want her to suffer the customs queue like the rest of us, huh? <laughs> Hardly a diplomat, Angelo. Government courier is the official designation. Oh. And uh, no, I'm not exempt from customs. Oh, but I thought that uh, you... All passengers, please extinguish cigarettes and fasten safety belts. We'll be landing at Kennedy Airport in approximately three minutes. Yeah. Angelo, all right. Miles. You look as though you've seen a ghost. Uh, no. No, I'm fine, then. Uh, look, I, I, I think you'd better have a drink. You honestly look as though you're about to pass out. I, I say, stewardess. Uh, no, no, please. Uh, I'll be all right. Uh, listen, if you get... I mean, when you get through the customs and immigration formalities, you can contact me at this address, okay? Well, that's most kind of you, Angelo, but I'm only going to be in New York for 48 hours. I don't know that I'll be able to do it. Find the time. You'll understand. No, please. I don't want to say any more. Now, look here, officer. Just what is going on? I'm a British government courier, and I demand to know what I'm being delayed for. Just step through this door, Mr. Wilson. Yes, certainly. If you're finally going to explain what this hold-up's about. Sit down there, Wilson. Wilson? Now, look here. I'm not prepared... You're under arrest. I'm what? Your cabin grip contained two kilograms of 90% pure heroin, and you're under arrest. But, but officer, there's got to be some mistake. I'll say... And it's one worth from 10 to 15 years behind bars. Barry Wilson's the name. And as you've probably gathered, I'm a courier for the British government. The job's that of a glorified postman delivering intergovernmental mail considered too sensitive for ordinary channels. Anyway, I'm not complaining. The job offers travel, reasonable pay, and the chance to get onto first-name terms with airline and hotel hostesses around the world. It also has some drawbacks. One of them was glaring aggressively at me, nose to nose, shortly after landing at Kennedy Airport. His craggy features, receding crew cut, and open hostility did nothing to engender confidence in the New York narcotics squad. 
I was about to comment on his bourbon breath when it occurred to me that Officer Leroy Parker just might become violent. Okay, give me the details one more time, and don't leave anything out. Oh, for heaven's sake, officer, I've told you over and over. I'm a diplomatic courier. I deliver documents to the Turkish government. I stayed at the Ankara Hotel for two days, boarded a Trans-Pacific jet 13 hours ago. Twelve of them were spent in the air, and the last one being grilled by you because something was found in my luggage that I didn't put there. So, how did it get there? Well, obviously, somebody planted it. Like heck they did. I've heard the sleeping mule routine before. Sleeping mule? What on earth are you talking about? Don't give me that. You're supposed to be a government courier. There's no way anyone could have tampered with your grip. I'm inclined to agree, but obviously somebody did. Will you tell me what you mean by sleeping mule? Uh, Don't take me for a fool, Wilson. You're no chicken. You've been around. You know the score. Well, I'd like to think so, but I still don't know what a sleeping mule is. Hey, wrap it up, will you? Do you know how much that two kilograms of heroin will fetch on New York streets? I have no idea. Eh, Just as I thought. For a few grand, you agree to drop off a small bag, and so far as you're concerned, that's it, right? Well, let me tell you what you almost did, big fella. You almost put another two million bucks worth of hell into the arms of young Americans, young kids, trapped on a nightmare treadmill which could only lead and and end in death. Now, look, I've told you that I know nothing. And I've told you to shut up. Let me tell you, I take a personal interest in this case. My son is one of your victims. Officer, you're making a big mistake. No, I'm not. You are. If you came clean, I might be able to swing a deal for you. Uh, Meaning what, precisely? Meaning I just might be able to trade off ten of a twenty-year sentence for information on the Turkish connection. Look, for heaven's sake, believe me, I haven't the faintest idea what you're talking about. Then get this straight. I'm going to do everything I can to see that you get twenty years to think about it. We're losing patience with you, Wilson. Look, I've told you everything I know. This Italian you say you latched onto at the Ankara Hotel. What's his full name? His name's Angelo Corelli, and I don't know anything about him. Mm, you'd like us to believe he was responsible for planting the dope on you, wouldn't you? I didn't say that. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. You weren't in contact with anyone else in Turkey apart from delivering documents to the government? No. No, I swear it. And what about the documents I was supposed to deliver to Washington? They have Yeah, to... we've taken care of that. Now, look, this is absurd. It, it can't go on. I I must be allowed to sleep. I, and I must have access to a lawyer and the British ambassador. Hey, come on, Barry. Take it easy. Huh? You want a cigarette? Oh, thanks. You'd like a drink? Oh, yes, please. The attack occasionally have subsided into an almost friendly chat. One minute, you expected a bullet in the head. The next, he might have been a favorite uncle. It was all designed to break the mind. And having experienced it, I know it works. After a lungful of relaxing cigarette and a soul-warming swallow of spirit, ironically both legal narcotics, the minor sense of well-being they engendered was rudely shattered. Okay, that's enough of that now. Let's talk about this Angelo Corelli some more. I was close to breaking down. What prevented it, I'll never know. The Turkish connection. Mules. Sleeping mules. Terms which meant nothing to me. It was an endless nightmare. I began to doubt my sanity. Had I simply gone mad? Was that why I understood nothing? The heroin trade in the U.S. is now a $10 billion annual operation. Up till now, we thought we knew most of the routes. Routes? Well, Turkey's always smuggled the morphine base to France and 
We've known about the factories in Marseille refining it into pure heroin for years. And lately, we've been having a lot of success in smashing the French connection. The officer leaned his head into the pool of light. It wore a satisfied grin, which then turned decidedly sour. But now, we find the pure stuff coming direct from Turkey. You know what that means? I didn't, and said so. It wasn't what he wanted to hear. It means we have a whole new network to crack. It means we're back to square one, and you, you're our only clue. That's why you're going to talk fast and long. And if you don't, you'll be yelling police brutality so loud, they'll hear you all the way back in Whitehall. That's if your jaw remains intact. There is a point at which the mind displays its intolerance of pain or violence or even fear by passing out. While the grim-faced Leroy Parker glared his belligerence at me, I felt the blessed warm wave of unconsciousness beginning to wash over me. I came to in a prison cell. After that brief moment of disorientation on waking in unfamiliar surroundings, all the grim memories of my marathon interrogation came flooding back. I painfully sat up to discover I wasn't alone. Lounging on a bunk on the opposite side of the cell with his back to the filthy, graffiti-ridden wall was a man of about 40, sallow, and with a, to be kind, lived-in face. So, you finally came round, huh? Where am I? In the pen, kid. In the pen. The, the pen? Penitentiary. The cooler. The slammer. What'd you think? I discovered that my cellmate was a man named Louis O'Donnell. According to him, he'd been wrongfully arrested for drug peddling and was awaiting trial. Yeah, they don't have anything on me. I'm clean. Then why are you here? How could they arrest you? Are you kidding? All the cops want is a conviction, even if they have to plant the evidence. Then you know that. I explained that I didn't. I explained everything from my accent to the, to me, unbelievable circumstances leading to my presence in the cell. You're on your way, buddy. Unless you can prove that bag don't belong to you. Fifteen years, at least. Which I can't, because it does. Or you can locate this Angelo character. You are about to become a permanent resident round here. Here? In prison, you mean? Where else, Muttonhead? Except the slammer for long-timers ain't so cozy. This is just for awaiting trial prisoners. We haven't even been found guilty yet. The horror of my situation began to gel around me again. I was certain that Angelo Corelli was responsible for my predicament. But unless I could find him, and that was out of the question, I was in real trouble. In my naivety, I presumed that at least I knew the full extent of my problem. But I was very wrong. Suddenly, Louis bounded from his bunk and grabbed me by the shoulder. Oh, listen, listen. We're both in a jam. Let's do something about it. Like what? Like busting out of here. Are you insane? That would just make matters worse. For me, at any rate. All I've got to do is insist on seeing a British... Now, em- listen, lame brain. Until they pin a rap on you, you don't get to see anyone. And when you become just a number, who'll be interested? Perhaps you're right, Louis. But I still couldn't involve myself in an escape. It just isn't Look, in my... I've got a plan, but it takes two. And that means you, buddy boy. And if I refuse? If you refuse, you get this knife and your ribs...
Louis O'Donnell had a very persuasive way about him. My situation was becoming more bizarre by the minute. From a straightforward government courier of unblemished character to alleged drug smuggler and prison SKP, all in one easy lesson. Okay. We get just one crack at this. There's just 20 minutes before the guard comes along for the 9 o'clock inspection. Now, let's go through the plan again. He did. All the rough stuff was to be left to Louis. My part was to grab the guard's keys, and because he was about my height and build, don his uniform. Louis made me repeat the plan over and over until he was satisfied I'd got it right. Okay. Now, all we got to do is wait for that crummy guard. Cigarette? Yes, thanks. Um, Louis, what the heck is a mule? A mule? Mm. <laughs> a mule is a guy who works for a syndicate getting the dope in the country. Ah, a smuggler. Yeah, but smarter. Some mules make a lot of dough. I knew a doll who comes from customs maybe three times a week, very pregnant, and looking as though she was about to give birth any minute. Well, they never gave her any trouble. But she wasn't pregnant. Hmm? Get me? You mean she, she, she brought actually... in two million bucks worth of dope each time and picked up a fat payoff for her trouble. I see. So what's a, a sleeping mule? Oh, a sleeping mule is some stooge who's so stupid he don't even know he's taking the stuff through customs. Had it planted on him. Understand? Someone like you, you jerk. Louis was sneering. And I could feel my British stiff upper lip beginning to warp when he shoved me back towards my bunk. Here comes the guard. This is it, Limey. And don't make any mistakes. Okay, you two. On your feet. Now, Limey. Now. It's all right. Get the keys. I've got them. So far, so good. Come on. Give me back to the wall. And I did. I was terrified, but I was more terrified of the alternative, a conviction for drug running. Right, now comes the tricky part. You've got to get past that prison officer's canteen. The passage runs right past it, but in the uniform you're wearing, we'll get by so long as they don't see your face. Louis and I now emerge from the shadows and march smartly down the passageway towards the threat of detection and whatever awful consequences that might bring. <laughs> no sweat there, boy. We're almost out. Just two more doors to go. <laughs> what about the guard? What if they find him first? You can kiss seeing the light of day as a free man goodbye. Here's the first security door. Give me those keys. Here goes. Gotta lock it behind us. Okay, just want to go and we're through the security area. And then we're on the outside. No, but at least we're no longer in a restricted area. There are dozens of ways up from there. We'll just play it by ear. The tense creeping along passageways continued for a while in total silence. Until... There it is. The last door. Come on. The door was opened without problems. And we passed through, taking care to lock it behind us. Then we were walking through what looked like the administrative section... Louis stuck his head through an unoccupied office door, dashed in and stole a civilian jacket draped on the back of a chair. This might help us a little. He discarded his denim top and replaced it with the stolen jacket, when suddenly... Run for it! Run for it! They're onto us!
We ran for all we were worth until Louis wrenched open a door which opened onto the officer's car park. We hurled ourselves through it. We've got to get into a car. We'll never get away on foot. Oh, but that's impossible. Maybe not. Look through that row of squad cars. Find one of the keys. Oh, you're mad. Who'd leave keys in their cars in New York? Now, this is a jail. The thieves are supposed to be on the inside. Now, hurry up! We were both searching frantically for what seemed to me the impossible. Our chances of escape were dwindling with every passing second. Any moment now, guards would trace our movements and come pouring out of the building. Over here! Here, I've got one! I hurled myself in the general direction of his voice, heard the engine fire, jumped in, and found myself screaming towards the dense New York traffic and comparative freedom in a swirl of dust and burning rubber. Right now, we're the hottest things in town, Limey. We've got to split up. Where are you headed? I hadn't the faintest idea. There was no use pursuing my original and legitimate plans. My movements would have to remain underground until some way was found to establish my innocence. My all-consuming passions included finding the Italian and leaving just enough life in him to tell the police the truth. And so I burbled out the address he'd given me to Louis. I had nothing else to go on. Within minutes, we'd arrived. Here you are, pal. 432 East 42nd Street. And if I never see you again, it's been fun. And there I was, standing outside the somewhat seedy-looking Shannon Hotel, without luggage, without money, in a strange and violent city, wanted on pending charges of drug smuggling, and now for escaping from custody. For a moment, I wondered whether the story would interest Daryl Zanuck, but I knew no sane man would believe it. To make matters worse, I was still dressed as a prison guard. I dumped the cap and jacket into the nearest litter bin, but not before I'd located and removed a five-dollar bill from the pocket. Now, dressed in shirt sleeves and dark blue pants, I could mingle more readily amongst the downtown street throngs. After mulling over my incredible situation for some half an hour... I ventured into a saloon where I proceeded to blow the little money I had on a few beers and a hamburger. The beer began to take effect. Maudlin effect. I began to see myself a tragedy that even Shakespeare would have been proud of. When into the saloon walked none other than Angelo Corelli himself. Maybe it was a mistake, but I couldn't control myself. I walked straight up to him. Oh, fancy meeting you. Huh? Oh, Barry. Hey, what happened, huh? What took you so long? Where's the bag? I stared at him for a moment. Was it possible he didn't know I'd been arrested? I said, where's the bag? Evidently, he didn't know what had happened. And if I told him, he'd probably run for his life and I'd lose my only chance of proving his involvement. I'd have to play along long enough to get help. The bag's all right. But you might have told me about it. Huh? Now, what's in it for me? Oh, plenty. Don't worry. Now, come on. How much? Three grand. But two million dollars worth of pure heroin, you're offering me a miserable three thousand. <laughs> You'll have to do better than that. Hey, are you crazy? You were just a mule getting it through customs. Wrong. It's now in my possession. So in a way, I'm offering you a chance to buy it for fifty thousand dollars. Listen, do you know who you're dealing with, huh? The Brotherhood. If they even get to hear about this, you'll be dead. Not while I have two million dollars worth of heroin hidden. You'd better come with me. We stepped out into the night and Angelo's plush black sedan. Silently, we swept through New York streets and out into the more salubrious residential areas. 
Eventually, we cruised up the long driveway to a white-columned mansion. A butler in full rig escorted us to the massive oak door of what, presumably, was the study. The butler departed, and Angelo faced me. I'm glad I'm not in your shoes, my friend. A muffled voice on the other side bade us enter, and we did. It was something from a film set. At the business end of a massive ornate desk sat a massive and ornate man smoking a massive, foul cigar. He wore a bright red tie which simply didn't go with the blue double-breasted jacket and green silk pocket handkerchief. He eyed me balefully for a full minute before nodding in the direction of Angelo, but without taking his eyes off me. At the nod, Angelo began talking. Everything's all right, Chief. He got it through. He's just being dumb about handing it over. He wants a larger fee. The large, greasy-looking chief didn't move, nor did he take his eyes off me. A sly smile slowly curved the side of his mouth not occupied by cigar, and for a moment I thought he was going to speak. Instead, the telephone rang. The big man picked up the receiver but said nothing. Obviously the strong, silent type. I could hear distant babbling of voice coming from the other end of the line, but not once did the caller have anything to say which tempted him to remove his intimidating stare. Eventually, the distant babble ceased, and the phone was slowly replaced. Angelo was sweating, and so was I. The cigar was placed gently in the ashtray. The man behind the desk slowly placed both hands clasped together on the desk, and still staring at me, addressed Angelo. The heroine's in the hands of the police. This man's a plant. Take him outside and kill him. Angelo turned to me and grabbed my arm. I didn't resist. There was little point. I could see the beads of sweat on his forehead and the fear in his eyes. He wasn't all that certain of his future, but mine was definitely limited. Or was it? Okay, freeze. Don't anybody move. Wilson, step slowly away from that desk and come over here. I was now convinced I'd lost my mind. Two characters from a previous nightmare had returned to haunt me. I obeyed Louis' command. But what was he doing with Officer Leroy? Within minutes, the room was swarming with police who escorted Angelo and the big man away. An hour later, back in the offices where my brief sojourn in hell had begun, but this time without the drama, the story began to unfold. Well, have another drink, Barry. Yeah, thanks. I need it. Hey, listen, we're sorry we had to put you through that. Do you mean to tell me that you knew all the time that I was innocent? Why, sure. And uh, you... You aren't a drug peddler on the run. Sergeant Louis O'Donnell would have made a fine actor. What do you say, Barry? But, do you mean the whole thing was staged? The escape? And Louis being a prisoner? Hey, real sharp, these Englishmen. When you spill it out for them in large capitals, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, Barry. The whole thing was a setup. Look, we needed you to lead us to the head man, and thanks to you, we've now cleaned out a whole nest of mafia that's set up this Turkish connection. We got the head. And the body will wither away. There was no way we could do it on our own. But why didn't you just let me through customs and follow me to Corelli? Well, obviously I'd have contacted him just... Well, this is New York, Barry. The syndicates and their pushes are highly organized. They have stakeouts ten blocks in every direction of the big boys. No ways could we get through their networks undetected. Every one of us is marked. So you needed me to make contact alone. Why didn't you just ask me? Well, uh, supposing you'd said no. 
Besides, you needed the right motivation for the job. You needed to think you had to make contact. All we did was psych you into it. But if their security is so tight and you're all marked, how come you managed to follow me anyway? You remember the guard uniform you put on? Yes. Well, the heels of the boots were bugged. You were a walking transmitter. Hey, cute, eh? Yeah, wait till Simon Templer hears about this. Look, I want you to know that the force is real proud of you, Barry. And it wouldn't surprise me if there's some kind of citation involved. Oh, great. And meanwhile, what happens next? Or can I go now? Well, uh, right now, I suggest we treat you to a great steak dinner, escort you to your hotel. And then, let sleeping mules fly. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Barry. High Adventure is produced by Henry Diffenthal. 